Well, at half-time, or just before half-time, just before the penalty, I was ready to call the whole thing an utter waste of everybody's time. But it turned out it was quite a fun one in the end, Ed. You were smashing that hashtag Ollie out. Smashing it hard. (laughs) I mean, I was just more thinking I need to get a new hobby. That's what I was mostly thinking, because... What? 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 Different than your primary hobby, which is Lego. <laughs> Sadly, that's only my primary hobby for like one week of my life. I'm I'm over halfway through now, and I'm I'm not happy about it. I just want it to go on forever. Well, you can always break it and do it again. <laughs> if I break it, I'm sending it to someone else to do again. The, the The breaking it would actually involve meticulously tearing it down brick by brick. If you yeah, wanted any no, hope I would of building just put it, it again. on a shelf somewhere and leave it. I think that might be what's happening. Um, so. Uh, after that, in the end, it turns out that football's actually brilliant and uh, we've got loads of good players, it turns out, not just a bunch of rubbish Muppets, um, but also... Some I rubbish Muppets. Is, uh, yeah, we've got some rubbish Muppets. But also, I know this is like really boring after a 3-0 win to, to look at a negative, but why didn't we sign him in the summer? <laughs> He's a I'm goal not sure Adina Gallo was available in the summer, though, to be honest. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, look, obviously, if, if United had signed Bruno Fernandes in the summer, then our placing in the top four would probably be secure right now. But the reason why we didn't sign him in the summer is because we had Paul Pogba and we are pre-spending the money that we'll get when we sell Paul Pogba in the coming summer. That's why. Yeah. Um, the uh, A very, very, very fine performance from Fernandes. I mean, he did look brighter than everyone else in the first half yeah. but it wasn't quite coming off and then it started to come off big time yeah that that's right and i th- i think uh, one of the um moves by Oli at half time which was basically to push his uh, two wider players really really wide and try and force Watford back helped Bruno find some space through the middle a little bit and i think that's probably one of the reasons why he sort of looked much more dangerous in the second half than he did in the first, but he was bright all along, and I think he's clearly got um, he's got a good range of passing. He's got a lot of energy about him. He creates chances. He puts the ball in dangerous areas. He's he's going to be a threat uh, in front of goal. He takes a very weird penalty. You know, there's there's many things to to uh, to look forward to about Bruno's time at United, and he's already having a, a major impact on United's ability to to create chances. Yeah, I mean. You know, we talked about this before he came, but the man has literally never missed a penalty in professional football and he's done that little hop before all of them. So I think we should probably just accept it's a really effective technique for scoring Yeah, penalties. I mean, look, if I'm a goalkeeper looking at that, just stay still. Just stay still. Just look which way the ball's going and, and back yourself to react quick enough. Presumably someone somewhere has tried it at some point in his professional career. and Yeah, if we still had work. a scout account and I hadn't binned it, then uh, because there's free data available absolutely everywhere, folks, uh, then uh, I could probably just type that in. That's the kind of thing you can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, But I don't, so I won't. um, But it's fun to watch. And United did well to to earn the penalty, actually. I I was kind of very frustrated by Jan James in the first half, but he he kind of, uh, he did two things in a row that were pretty good. One of them, I think he slid the ball to Fernandez, who was fouled. He did. Fouled. Sort of rubbed gently by Ben Foster. Um, tickled on the foot by Ben Foster. 
Um, but he'd also done that pullback for Fred a few minutes earlier where he'd really like looked up, kept his head and found Fred with a beautifully weighted rolled pullback and Fred was in acres and acres of space and definitely, definitely should have done better. And it's one of those where um, there was two chances in that half, I thought, where, I mean, this is how nerdy it's got now. I thought for both of them, oh, this will be quite low XG chances, which won't tell the true story of these chances. One was the Wan-Bissaka one where he snatched at it and and missed the near post. And I guess that the the angle on that would mean that it was a relatively low XG chance. But actually, with Foster's position, he should have scored. But context, yeah. yeah. It was 6%, 0.06. There you go. And and it was clearly better than that. And then the, the Fred one, because it was outside the box, there were always, you know, not particularly high percentage chances. But... I thought with a bit of composure, given the amount of space Fred had, he, he y- yes, really yes, have but, but context is king here, right? So um, the the one piece of context is yes, good chance in normal circumstances. Second piece of context is that the only thing that Fred is in danger of doing when shooting from outside the box is injuring spectators. <laughs> it is not his strength. No. He had a rough game, actually. He was really, um, the commentator on the stream I was watching said he was kind of being targeted by Watford. And I think that was true. There were a number of times when he looked like he was the the trigger for their press. Um, but again, he grew into it in the second half. And, and after Fernandez scored that, and then like you say, Solskjaer made those changes at half time, And it could have all been very different, though if it wasn't for the fact that we are Varchester United. Yeah, that's right. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not having any of this. Not having any of this. It's Liverpool. We all know that they're going to get 100 and something points. And it's all down to VAR and nothing else. So, yeah, we were, we were getting somewhat fortunate because, I mean, it's 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 nothing to do with VAR per se that that goal was chalked off. That's a that's a handball rule change which everyone's clear about. And it's very very binary and it's it's not particularly controversial. Other than if if you don't feel like um, if you feel like intent should be in the handball rule, then then it, I suppose you don't like this rule. But it's it's really clear and everyone knows what it is. So fair that it's been chalked off, I suppose, in those circumstances. But we're pretty jammy. On that one, because that was the point where Watford actually were giving United some some trouble. I mean, at least well, for for the first thirty odd minutes of the the first half, they they definitely did, and they gave United a lot of trouble pressing and and uh, the defenders were panicking a bit or trying to play out, but but it wasn't looking comfortable. And Oli was definitely panicking because he was like, "Can you not knock it in Norwegian?" whatever the equivalent is, you know, just launch the bloody thing. Um, and then then um, the point where Watford scored or didn't score to equalise, they were looking dangerous from set pieces. In fact, they looked dangerous from set pieces for much of the game and it looked like they're one of their, their better opportunities until United really killed it off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the the thing about that handball rule is, of course, the one thing about it, is that it's binary and intent doesn't matter in attacking circumstances, but not binary and intent matters in defensive circumstances. Right. Which, is- which is the classic scenario we got in the Bournemouth-Burnley game. Um, <laughs> where, where, I mean, it's brilliant. Uh, I, have you seen this? Have you seen it yet? I didn't go back and watch it. You told uh, me about uh, it. but Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's super fun. Everyone's having a meltdown about it today, but but uh, I'm sure everyone has seen it by now. But basic, basically, Burnley, uh, sorry, Bournemouth score. I think they've scored. And uh, VAR checks it. It's, it's a handball in their box. So Burnley are awarded the penalty, which and so it goes from being 
1-1 to 2-0 in the space of seconds. Uh, it's Brutal. an absolute killer, and you can understand why Bournemouth absolutely melted down about that one. That's not quite the ideal VAR scenario, though, is it? Because it's the um, the VAR scenario that's ideal is when a handball changes from being an attacking a defensive handball to an attacking handball. So the defender nudges it forward with his elbow by accident. They go up the pitch and score, and then the goal's chalked off. But a penalty isn't given because it's Schrodinger's it handball. Yeah, yeah. Schrodinger's <laughs> handball. Yeah, I know that's a mind bender. That one, and and one that the the law hasn't resolved very yeah. well. Yeah. Um. So th- that uh that was chalked off. I mean, we should talk about Fernandez l- lauding him with praise. Well deserved. Absolutely terrible bit of work on that corner where he jumped and did a near post flick on over the head of Victor Lindelof um, and into the path of Cathcart, whose handball it was. Um, really dodgy bit of defending, especially with if you're playing zonally. I guess that's new player syndrome, maybe. Yeah, but was that his own near post? I mean, I assume it was, right? So he's got to clear the ball there. So the dodgy bit is he's just executed on the header incorrectly. Right, right. It's just, I think, with Lindelof right there, Leaping to clear it, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Well, someone someone didn't call or, or yeah. Didn't, yeah. Well, so. wouldn't it be a shock if Victor Lindelof displayed a lack of defensive leadership? Um, anyway, uh, then a few moments later, Martial, who uh, up to that point had had a very mixed game, I mean, he did a really nice uh, piece of skill and then blasted a ball. He d- he tried to do his finish, you know, the open up his body and curl it into the top corner and just got his power wrong. Um, but then. He did the chip, which kind of Foster did reasonably well to save when Fernandez put him through. And then he showed his absolute... This is why people will defend him to the hilt. This is why he, he's so beloved by so many players, but so many fans, because his level of ability is genuinely extraordinary to, to pull off the bit of skill and then the dink over Foster, an absolutely outrageous goal. Well, it's an outrageous goal, yeah. I mean, he perhaps could have finished it first time round. Uh, and I mean, just just one of the frustrations, I suppose. I mean, I don't want this to sound like a negative because it's not because it's a great piece of skill and a wonderful finish. Um, but he's also equally capable of missing the good chance, and he managed to do that all in like the space of ten seconds there. Yeah, and I guess it's the 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 three and four for him. He's come back and scored a bunch of goals in a row after right. probably his worst performance for ages against and Wolves. And he, really, he just really, really, really needs to stay fit because if he was fit to play a 50-game 50 50 season, he's at this rate, he's scoring 30 goals a season. So, Yeah. And, and, and then there would be no doubts about him. And he has stayed fit for months and months and months on end now. I mean, he had a, a, a bit of time where he looked tired but and maybe he had a bit of a niggle or something, but he wasn't. he hasn't been out of action for a really long time now. So, no, he had that one injury just uh, when, when just before Marcus Rashford got injured. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. just before. Uh, it feels like he missed a big chunk of the season, and then he's been in the side more or less most of the season since. But anyway, he's he's doing really well, and he's leading the line excellently. And him and Bruno linking up superbly as well, which is going to be very important. And you can see why. You can see that. Bruno is the kind of player that Martial, much like Pogba and Rashford, Martial is the kind of player that they can work well with because he's got the kind of vision and and the the sort of I don't know I can't think of a better word than they're like ballers you know they they are ballers all of them they've they've got that technique and touch and improvisation and they it makes sense that they link up together um, and yeah that's so that's going really well and then 
another player who is definitely a baller and linked up well with Bruno Fernandes. Uh, a lovely one-two. And then what a hit, son. I mean, Mason... Uh, we talked about this a lot this season, but Mason Greenwood is going to be a gargantuan talent. Yeah, I did, I did think when... Uh, I mean, it's obviously a lovely run by Mason to start the attack and you know, sort of spins away from a player and then he's got all that space to run into. He picks the right pass, I think, to go um, wide to Fernandez, and Fernandez has played the simple ball back to him. And, and at that point, I'm just thinking, defender, show him, show him the outside because, because you know, at least he doesn't open the goal up. But of course, he's got a great right foot as well, so could equally have scored although would have been from a wider position but uh, yeah just definitely don't show him inside and allow him space to go bang one in the top corner but you know he's like I'm so used to United players being in good positions and blowing it that it was almost a surprise when he just like banged it in the top corner and then it's like oh no no of course his game is banging it in the top corner from from there and and I mean you talked about this on the last show but his lack of playing time has been sort of weird uh, this season uh, was it right that, that I didn't I can't remember who was on the bench but was it true that neither Pereira nor Lingard made the squad and that's right game? yeah and, and I actually haven't I've not heard anything about why I'd heard a rumour before the game that they were not going to be in the squad because they were fully dropped like right. just punishment beatings will continue you know yeah, <laughs> was there was that um, Zlatan video going around I never worked out whether it was actually real or whether it was uh Fake or not. So it says, uh, it's like an Insta video. It says, at Andres Pereira, at Jesse Lingard on top. And it's Latan going, 20, you know, no goals, 20 games. Come to the Latan school. I'll teach you how to finish. <laughs> wow. And, and I, I meant to go and look it up to see whether it was actually a Latan Insta post or someone's just made a fun video to, <laughs> to get clicks and, and likes and stuff. But, uh, yeah. you know, spot on either way. <laughs> They, they need help of one kind or another. And United were better better off without them. I mean, although it was an incredibly frustrating first half and we looked, you know, Watford looked the better side for substantial chunks of the first half. I mean, in both both defensively and attacking, you know, United had the big gap between defence and attack, which meant that they were exposed on the counter, which I, I don't mind that because it, it kind of shows we're committing bodies forward. But it's not like our play in the final third was justifying having a big gap because there was just there was just very low quality. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure I can put my finger on what that was exactly other than it's just low quality a lot of the time. Uh, Scott McTominay's sort of reintroduction to the side, I think, should uh, give United a bit more mobility in midfield. Uh, he's He's been out for a long time. He's come back quite quickly from a, what was a knee injury We'll see. Maybe we'll get a few more minutes against Bruges on Thursday night. I don't expect him to start, but he got, what, 10 minutes or so today? Maybe maybe a few more minutes than that. Uh, and maybe he gets 20 against Bruges and work his way back into the team. And I think that'll be, that'll, if we can keep Fernandez, Fred and McTominay fit for most of the rest of the season, then that's a, a much better midfield than we've had for most of the season, of course. Pogba could or should be back at some point. It's seven weeks ago that uh, Ollie said he'd be back in three weeks. So who knows? Yeah, Gary Neville giving it giving feeding it the, the conspiracy theorists there. Gary Neville giving it that he should never play for the club again. Line again. I don't know why I just said that out loud. As if he needs any the publicity for this uh, rent a gob that he's become. Anyway, that's 
I, I've never really he- I, heard. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll get a bunch of uh, comments and tweets and uh, emails ca- calling us snowflake cucks or whatever. Um, but tell me the reason why he should never play for the club again. I uh, mean, because, what, because of- Mino Raiola's, Raiola's going off on Twitter. Yeah. Right. But Raiola does this with all his clients. Mm, yeah. This yeah. is just his most high profile one. Right? Yeah. This is the this is the MO. It's it's create a market. Cause uh, disruption, be difficult. And also the fact that me and Irela added Gary Neville. And that that's honestly, I think it's as kind of petty as that. I think if if Raiola had been kicking off not at Gary Neville, I think there's a really substantial chance he'd be saying, Oh, these agents, da 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 but maybe not quite the same line. But anyway. I don't think that makes us snowflakes because that's this is uh, this is about Gary Neville being a like not liking coming under personal attack from the player's agent. <laughs> anyway, R- Roll is an idiot. Like he's, I mean, he's obviously very effective, but G- Gary, Gary Neville, who's uh, who's. Um relationship with uh, facts is uh, malleable that's for sure uh, had a big rant about ffp last week and uh, of course you know his sulfur side is almost certainly spending way more than they actually earn and we'll see when they actually have to pass all the uh, the football league accounting um just how much more than uh, than their actual revenues they are spending but it's probably likely um, you know, billionaire who's fifty percent owner of that club. I'm I'm quite sure that they uh, they want to spend more than their revenues in order to grow and and stuff like that. So anyway, do you mean they want to uh, invest in a in a wholesome community project for the good? That's of it. Yeah. Is that what you yeah, mean? yeah. 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 And um, Watford didn't actually, apart from the the disallowed goal, which obviously doesn't count as a chance created because it was disallowed. They didn't create any chances of notable quality whatsoever in that game. And and once again, you know, United have the third best defensive record in the league. Like, and we've got a, a four goal better goal difference than Chelsea above us. We're now up to fifth again in the table, and um, only like a couple of points off Chelsea. Maybe it's three. Um, yeah, but it doesn't. What what does this mean? It, it doesn't mean that United are going to find the consistency in the last eleven games of the season in order to. In order, I mean, we can't guarantee that fifth is going to be a Champions League place because we don't know what's going to happen. All the timeline that is going to happen with City's appeal to the Court of Arbitration and Sport in Switzerland. Uh, so fifth may or may not be uh, good enough for a Champions League place. So United should be targeting as many points as possible to to get fourth because it's good for the club and it's good for the Glazers' pockets, etc. and so on. Uh, but uh, there's no guarantee that United will find that consistency. Play Sheffield United and Tottenham in upcoming games. They're they're both really big games, really super big. And and I just don't know what United will turn up. Is it the the United that was a really effective counter attacking force against Chelsea midweek? Is it the United that looked creative? And comfortable on the ball in the second half half against Watford. Is it the one that looked like they were going to the bed every time they got the ball and Watford pressed for the yeah, first thirty five minutes or so of, of the game today? And and you know, I mean, you said what does it mean? And what it means is the league is mad. This is the maddest Premier League season I can remember. I, I, I just, I mean, I guess Leicester won the league. That's probably the technically the craziest thing that's happened in football. But just the the sheer nonsense, the sheer, the fact that I. I did the the maths on this, but I, I might have missed it by 10 points because I'm really bad at mental arithmetic. But I'm pretty sure third place Leicester City 
have so they are they've got 50 points right so they're 26 points behind liverpool and the team in second bottom have 24 points meaning that they're 26 points ahead of the team that's second bottom so they are exactly halfway between the team second bottom and the team in first and they're in third place in the table we're only nine points off them like that's not that much given the that given their form is you know has has suffered significantly in recent times as well so it, it yeah it's just a, an absolutely topsy-turvy season and and Chelsea a massive win for them against Spurs you know if fifth place is a Champions League spot that was a great result for us um, and you say that, you know, United aren't going to maintain the consistency, but nor are Chelsea, nor are Spurs, nor are Sheffield United, nor are Wolves. So- no, that's right. I mean, Chelsea have got a, a favourable run in, I'd say. I mean, they have to play Manchester City. Um, but but, I, I, but, but I- apart from that, it's a bunch of mid, mid-ranked teams. I mean, but it doesn't mean that they, they, of course, it doesn't mean they're going to be consistent. I'm just like, if I was Chelsea and I'm looking at fixture list, I'd much rather be playing mid-ranked teams than all the teams around us. Yeah, but that, that's that's the whole thing, isn't it? Because you look at that and you go, but actually they're much better against the teams around them than they are against the, the mid-ranked teams. Like this well, is United are, are Chelsea? I have no idea. They beat Spurs this weekend. That's my entire sample size, <laughs> which, I don't know, I find it impossible to not be glad when Mourinho's teams lose. Yeah. I mean, of course, they, get, they play Liverpool as well, uh, do Chelsea near the end of the season. Liverpool will be you know have won the league by then so we'll we'll see whether how their intense how intense their performance is by that time the city game is interesting because of course who knows what city are going to do if they're still in the champions league none of their league games mean anything i mean if they're no, literally if they, nothing that's oh so crazy so yeah i mean that you gotta you can't chop and change so much that you lose all momentum that never seems to work for clubs does no. it but uh but yeah, they can rest players in the league, and they won't against us because that game they'll take they'll kind of you know they'll want to do that because because of the because it's us and it means so much to both sets of supporters. Anyway, trying to predict the future at the moment seems absolutely ridiculous. I'm just reveling in the fact that I went from hating football and having to watch it to being to being treated to two apps. Well, actually three because I Bruno Fernandez's hop skip and a jump penalty. Counts as a glorious bit of skill in my book. Martial's absolute wonder goal and uh, the kid being the kid and just ruthlessly Robin Van Persie-esque every step of the way. Um, I can't wait to see him get regular game time at centre forward because much as he's perfectly fine coming in from the right, he he's obviously, obviously, much like Omri, much like Van Persie himself. Sure. He's obviously a centre forward. Yeah, he is. I mean, one thing I'd say is, is in the modern game and playing this system where you're basically playing inside forwards, he he is going to get a lot of opportunities to cut in and shoot like that. So, and, yeah. and because he's so two footed, it's going to give defenders pause for thought about which way to go, for sure. So, uh, I mean, one thing just going back to Bruno's hop, skip, and jump penalty. You know, one day he's going to get that wrong. He's going to land on the ball. And it's yeah. going to be the most Phil Jones-esque flat-on-your-face <laughs> fail ever. The uh, the thing you sent to showing uh, you, the thing you sent to the group where it was a guy doing a slide tackle with a diving header and pure Phil Jones out of context footy. I think out of context footy definitely search that one out. It's very funny. All right, should we um, take a break? Come back to some questions. 
All right, let's do it. Enjoy no question about that. If so, let others know about us. The best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. That's one of the most stupid questions I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> test my patience. All right. Hamid Darwish says, why did we not sign Bruno in the summer? Had a few months without a playmaker in the team and then went ahead and bought him for the same asking price, etc. and so on, etc. and so on. Because we're stupid! And we've pre-spent the Pogba fee. 100%. Like we didn't buy Harry Maguire until yes. we sold Lukaku. I think we'd already answered that one, hadn't we? Siddharth Srikumar says, with Bruno looking good in midfield, what positions do United need to strengthen in the summer? Thoughts on the links to Grealish Madison? Yeah, we're just going to get transferred <laughs> questions from now until the end of the season. Look, look, the interesting thing with Grealish and Madison or whatever kind of playmaker type player is is um, what role is Bruno going to play? Is he going to play number 10 or number 8? He's he was 10 today. He he played a little deeper um, in uh, not a Bruges game, the one before that, <laughs> Chelsea. Um, so he can either, he can clearly play in both positions and and uh, Pogba can play in both two. So they're looking to replace Pogba. The, the thing I'd say is absolutely must not go into next season with Bruno being the only creative player. Right, just just look at how risky that is, and um, the result. It would just be if we're going to be cheap about it and take that risk again. We're going to get everything yeah. we deserve next the, the, season. You you could say that you could have a first choice potentially of McTominay, Fred, and Bruno, but with the best will in the world, two out of three of those you want to upgrade if you want the very best anyway. So I don't think we're anywhere near solid in midfield, and I also can't bring myself to care about transfers and and honestly this is like right I'm just going to get on a soapbox for a second hey listeners dear listeners don't get emotionally invested in the transfer market in february you support manchester united we've just bought the player we should have bought 6 months earlier who would have made an enormous difference and we're all like celebrating and delighted that we got one of the 12 players we actually need to make a difference so just don't worry about it just Enjoy the ride. Don't pour over the gossip. Don't just <laughs> everyone's going to do. You know, you know your advice. Yeah, one hundred percent. But it's like when you're when you have a family member who you love who's got an alcohol problem. Ultimately, they're probably not going to listen when you tell them. But it's still the right thing to do to tell them. Excuse me so, while I hit my Jack and Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, dear listener, I don't know whether you'll follow this advice or not, but you should. Don't think about football transfers between now and the next time United actually sign a player. Do you know what? Ed Woodward treats us like a battered wife. You know, we're here apologising for hurting his knuckles. It's every single summer. Every single summer. Just just walk away. It's it's the it's Lucy with the football. It's it's Charlie Brown being absolutely convinced that this time the football will be kicked. So don't think about Madison. Don't think about Grealish. Maybe. We might sign one good player next summer. That seems reasonably likely to happen, but we're not going to fix United's problems. And also our manager's probably not very good anyway. So, you know, we are doomed. So just don't worry about it. Nah, on Twitter, at Mason's Left Boot, says, one, does the prospect of watching Pogba and Bruno together make you horny? Does, does it? Yeah, maybe. Why not? Uh, two, will Greenwood make it to double figures for Ballon d'Ors? Unlikely. 
<laughs> unlikely. It's I mean, good shout, inevitable. but unlikely. <laughs> it's inevitable. It's happening. He's going to absolutely tear it up as Messi's replacement. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, what? 100 million transfer next summer, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, when We might see Bruno and Pogba for one game together at the back end of this season, but I, I sadly, much as that would be an absolute dream country, and they could definitely play together, by the way. You could, you could definitely, because we've seen Pogba play really well with other really creative midfielders. Um, like he, Pogba will happily play a more midfieldy, defensive-minded role. Um, and I, yeah. I don't think he has to in a in a three-man midfield either. Uh, if, no. if United chose to play that way, Fernandez Pogba with McTominay doing all the sweeping up, oh, be a dream. Not going to happen. Anyway. Uh, no. Greg Seward, friend of the show, says, has Matic proved his worth these last few weeks? Um, well, he, look, he's yeah, had a good few really weeks. Good. He's still pedestrian. And I think that's part of United's problem when he's in midfield. But he's had a good few weeks. He's talking about, or at least the rumour is, that he may be offered a new contract and he'd be willing to sign it. I would like us to actually sign a midfielder because the United uh, signing players up to new contracts is normally the precursor to not buying players in that position. Ed, we're not going to buy the players that you want us to buy. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. No, but actually, seriously, I think Matic, given that, especially given how much stick we gave him on the show in the first half of this season, it's more than a few weeks. He's had a good couple of months, I'd say. Um, and he's really stepped up when he was quite badly needed. And he could easily have just been in a massive strop. And it did sort of look a little bit at, at first like he was. But but he has been good um, and he, he is a problem defensively, obviously. Harry Riddick says, if you had to take one of Watford's former United players to start in every game for us between now and the end of the season, who would you pick? Foster, Cleverly, I mean, Welbeck or Cathcart? I mean, you know the answer, right? You know my answer's really obvious. Foster? <laughs> I mean, no. it's like, who's going to cause the least damage of that for? Who... It's not that. It's who do you love with all your heart the most? Danny That's Welbeck's got to... I mean, he came onto the pitch for, what, do you get 15, 20 minutes today or something like that? He's got, he's got to be looking and going, what could have been? And Tom Cleverley uh, also, you know, they were so highly regarded, both of them. But Welbeck, I, Welbeck, first of all, he had clearly had limitations. And second of all, he's just... You know, he really has a career that's been pretty destroyed by injury, really. Um so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's the retirement club, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, they're just a rubbish into Milan. I didn't use that word, I, but I, yeah. Just cleaning it up for the for the listeners. So Tom doesn't... My terrace version is better. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but this might... I guess if you have to take that question seriously, Cathcart? You play Cathcart instead of Lindelof? Is that a massive drop-off? I mean, they're all a big drop-off. Cheeky Ball Boy says, is Bruno Fernandes handsome or is his beard doing the heavy lifting? It's a great question. These are the existential questions of our time. I think from the... if He's quite specific looking, I'd say. But I think I can definitely see some people thinking he was tremendously handsome. I don't think you could say this is like... I think the beard is doing heavy lifting. He's put... The beard is pulling him from like a quirky sort of Zoe Deschanel kind of attractiveness to a sort of more mainstream kind of like conventional Becca mess handsomeness. I'm not, I'm not putting him in the same league. I mean, you've been thinking of Zoe Deschanel with a beard, haven't <laughs> no. you? Which is, I mean, look, if that floats your boat, um, great, great. It's, it's quite weird, but yeah, good one. 
Okay, we'll finish this off with Wokes Mania says, is Igala going to go full Diego Forlan uh, waiting on his first goal? All signs point to I it. I mean, is he going to get the game time that Diego Forlan got? Like, how, how many games he's had? Three games. <laughs> three so games. Far. He's had about 12 minutes. Three games. Total. <laughs> um, Chris Wokes, if that Wokes Mania is a reference to Chris Wokes, watching Chris Wokes bowl in one day cricket is one of the great joys of the last 12 months of my life. Putting that out there, but yeah, uh, Igalo. I think I think Igalo's going to get his first goal against Bruges on Thursday. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, yeah I he mean, should. might even start. He absolutely should. Well, it's risky at one all, isn't it? Anyway, we'll come back to that. We'll take a little bit of break, then we're going to talk about chocolate, and then we'll come to a preview of uh, United versus Bruges. Bruges. <laughs> United are going to Belgium and yes. they've sp- signed a partnership, finally, a partnership for you, Ed. Mm, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. So United signed a partnership with Mondelez International, which is a uh, a uh, packaged consumer goods producer and licenser, or whatever they're called, some, something like that. They're, they're, they, they make chocolate and uh, biscuits and drinks and stuff like that have you have you had a look through their brands got any favorites the united players have been tweeting about cab i mean they they did this thing that rooney did when he took the bet 32 money or whatever it's called which was like do an anti-gambling ad or a, or a gambling caution ad they, they're they're tweeting about a cabri uh community campaign and you know listen cabri are a company that have got a long history of philanthropy but they're now of course owned by craft Whose philanthropy is. Who have a long history of whatever the opposite of. of yeah. Yeah. Robert Kraft, who, uh, friend of Trump. Yeah, right. So, but. Big, big, big fan, big besties. But obviously, the, the PR for the. Because it, it's a dodgy thing for sports brands to be associated with like unhealthy snack food is a dodgy thing. And, you know, we're seeing it in the 100 in cricket in the UK. All the, all the sponsors are carrying, you know, kids, kid friendly snacks things i mean i don't mean kid actually kid friendly i mean things that appeal to children and you know obviously this is this is a big issue so they have not gone with the mm, isn't this chocolate delicious they've gone with the hey let's do an anti-loneliness campaign yes yes i you know if you like your chocolate sweet then uh, i suppose it is delicious also sponsored by halls not sweets but marketed as uh market well no listed as sweets medicine. marketed as medicine Capitalism, folks. Oreo. Oreo is suitable saying, for United. Absolutely started... nothing in the middle. You, Bad by joke. the way, you going cheap, for cheap, cheap likes. Cheap likes with an anti-Oreos joke. When everyone that listens to this show knows you stand behind I... Oreos, even though they are actually oh, boring. Boring. Oof, you just got to be more creative. <laughs> Tang. I, mean, I, I feel like I've seen Tang on one of my visits around the world yeah it's like a fizzy orange drink that's it yeah and then um you were saying that you've got strong feelings about well, sour patch i do kids. yeah because sour patch kids in the uk n- not good i have to say compared to the uh the version you get uh outside of the uk apparently i looked this up once because i was so horrified uh, uh how different they are here because, uh, you, you know, you have to sneak them back into the country. <laughs> and uh, apparently it's because of local local tastes. 
whatever that means. They've done some kind of research and local tastes prefer the Sour Patch Kid, which are less sour and have a sort of sugary, crystal sugary coating. Whereas the originals have this much rougher coating to them and they're a bit harder and they're very, very sour. Yeah, so like unpleasant. No, no, they're good. You see, are they they were right about local tastes because I'm a local and that sounds terrible. <laughs> like not that horribly sour, hard, shardy sweets. Anyway, it's anyway. All... This this is sound like we're not being sponsored by Mondelez. No, they're just... rubbish. Like I was saying, this stuff's <laughs> well, rubbish. I quite like Toblerone though. So you know, if you want to send us a, <laughs> a, a load, we'll do a, we'll do another one of these next week. Yeah. Um, the uh, the so actual good chocolate can be found in Belgium where Manchester United are not going because they've come back from there, they've just been there. And but this is the worst link ever. I think it's... I don't think it's in our top 10 worst links in 10 years. I'm sure we've done much worse than this. Uh, so I think Igalo will start. Well, I mean, maybe... Well, I guess this is the interesting question about this game. With that 1-1 away, they can't afford... I mean, they've got to play Bruno, for example. You've got to start Bruno in this game, surely, because, you know... As you said, we don't know whether fifth place will be good enough. We don't know whether United's consistent to will be up to it. And anyway, the Europa League is the best chance to make this a season that people remember fondly, something fondly about by far. We, we're going to have, we should go for this, right? Should be full strength and then let the chips fall where they fall against Everton. Yeah, but but Oli hasn't done that in the Europa League at all. He's always made a lot of changes and he made six changes last time out and we got something really disjointed after a good performance, and he's going to make a lot of changes changes this time. I, I I fully predict it's five or six changes, and and that may be it may be a long night ahead. I mean, we should be. It doesn't matter who's out on the pitch. Should be good enough to beat Bruges. They're not a good side. We won't beat them. We won't so. go through if he makes six changes. That's my bold prediction for this game. If if. Si- but he's going to make six changes. It's going to happen, and he might not play Bruno, although he really should. And Bruno's not exactly had a ton of games. For us, I mean, he's had a ton of games. Yeah, sporting. does they not count? It's <laughs> not in his legs. Oh, that no, didn't no. happen. It happened in Portugal. Didn't happen. Wishy washy league. It's only about seventy five percent of the effort. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess Everton on Sunday is a, is a pretty massive game in and of itself, especially since they're they are improved uh, considerably under Carlo Ancelotti. Um, they're up to tenth now in the league. This weirdest season ever. Arsenal, not that many points behind Arsenal, us. How many points behind uh, us are they? Four, like four? Five, actually, because we, we've five. stretched to the... We're safe, 41 points. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> uh, Arsenal are 11th in the league. The Arsenal have the same number of points as Southampton, who got beaten 9-0 at one point this season. It's, it's the craziest season. Um, but yeah, so... That game, I mean, we'll talk about that game more after the Bruges game because I'm going to predict there's probably not going to be that much for us to talk about after that game. I mean, they Bruges looked very dangerous for about two minutes of that game. Um, and they did, it wasn't, a Dennis looked, you know, like he definitely had something about him and he obviously took his goal excellently. And we are troubled by pacey strikers who can get in behind. That That's not, that is our weakness. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, there's pace in fullback areas. Whoever plays there, really. So, Dallo, Wambazaka, Williams, Shaw, all all reasonably quick. It's the two centre backs that have a problem. So, at least at least when they're on the turn, both Lindelof and Maguire are weak there. 
So, yeah, it could, could well be a problem. I mean, you'd expect United to have a lot of possession in this game. Had a lot of possession in Bruges. Good film, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did. And I, I guess that's why I'm sort of so keen that Bruno Fernandes plays this game because the other thing about the game against Everton is, and I'm only referencing that just in terms of the decisions that you make against Bruges, Everton will come out against United. It's going to be the kind of game where actually that's a game where you can play a front three of Martial, James and one other. And it's really effective because it's not about like excellent one touch play around the box. It's about there will be big counter-attacking opportunities in that game. Now they won't be against Bruges. So I think you absolutely have to play Fernandes and you absolutely have to play him at number 10 as well. We'll see. Yeah, we will. If I, if I was picking one of the, I mean, I, as I said, I expect a lot of changes. If I was picking one of the sort of main players to play, I think he probably will. But I definitely couldn't put a hand on heart and say so. Martial might get a rest. I mean, he is fragile injury-wise. We've talked about that. So, so yeah, he I mean, might get a rest. Dan I, James I, will play because he always plays, even though he needs a rest. <laughs> Yeah. And Mason won't. He'll be back on the bench because he never plays two games in a row. Actually, James, I think, um, although I, I, you know, he definitely lacks quality, he's got something about him. And um, the uh, the thing I... It, it is noticeable that he looks much less tired than he did before the winter break. Like, he looks... I don't think that Dan James needs a rest, actually. I think he had a rest during the winter break and he kind of looks good to go physically. Um, he He... I bet he's absolutely desperate for a goal because it's been such a long time and you you could see when he had the one good good attempt um, how much he wanted that. Was it a good attempt? He smashed it about 10 yards wide. The the one opportunity, I guess I should say. The one decent opportunity. Anyway, um, I guess we should predict a scoreline for this game. I, I think it's going to be six changes and we'll draw one all and go out on penalties. Oh, oh. oh. I'm in a such a such a snowflake. I think what? United. Uh, six, I don't six, think you six. know what that word means. <laughs> no, I do know what it means. I just thought I'd insult you. <laughs> um, anyway, you put me off my stride. Now I think United are going to win two one, two one. Yeah, that you just t- listeners. His face does not look like he means what he's saying. <laughs> just so you know, I, I just want, I want to call the final against Inter. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be good? Yeah, that'd be, be glorious. United against the, the Spider-Man meme, the classic Spider-Man pointing meme. Um, all right, thanks for listening, everyone. I think we've dragged a show out of uh, that content. It, it was tough, much like United's performance. It took a, a while to get going and it was hard to drag a performance out, but maybe there's a couple of moments in there that were worth listening to. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with another show. Uh, we're going to record late night after after Bruges um, and it might be a bit of a short show depending on if anything happens in that game because honestly, I'm not convinced anything's going to happen in that game. But we'll see. Patreon backers, stay tuned for some more. Everyone else. I'm off to eat a packet of Oreos. <laughs> Everyone else will see you Friday. <laughs> 